Good afternoon. We are here. Fish talk. Unomic is July. What is today? Six. July what? Fifteen. Fifteen. Middle of middle of the month. Gosh, how time flies by. Um, Unomka, I have two guests here. We might be joined in later on with someone else. But uh, welcome, Magaluji, all you listeners out there for Fish Talk. My name is Samuel Berlin. Um, I'm hosting. I have two guests here. Um, our our phone lines are all open. They're 543-5985-543-2756-1-800-995-8954. You can use those lines to call in with your uh, questions and I'll let my guests introduce themselves starting with Mary. Okay, good afternoon. Huinga Gathunga. I'm from Bethel. I work or my name's Mary Peltola. I work in at the Cuscoquim River Intertribal Fish Commission as the executive director. My name is uh, Christopher Tulik. I work at the Yukon Delta Ref- National Wildlife Refuge as a refuge information technician. Mm-hmm. Welcome, guys. We are in the time. I like to start out, start out with, with uh, the outcome of the chums that are coming in the numbers of of uh, the reds that are out there and and the silvers how what's 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 going on if if you do have any information of that okay yesterday at the uh Quim river salmon management working group that's the state's meeting and those start at 10 a.m and usually end by noon but the state of alaska department of fish and game sean larson gave us an update on the um their estimate for having passed the bethel sonar of um the three species that are that have been running um, in June and here in July. So for Chinook salmon, their estimate is about 90,000 Chinook have passed Bethel sonar, which is stationed right below the Quethlick Y. And then for chum salmon, estimated total passage as of the 13th of July was um, 11,100. Mm. And that's, you know, usually chums come in by the million. So that is a very big concern. Um, sockeye salmon have been our saving grace. Um, <clears throat> the estimate is about 600,000 that have passed Bethel sonar. So um, thank God for red salmon, but we're very concerned about chum, um, not just for subsistence needs and you know um, dog teams, but one of the considerations is biomass at the headwaters. Um, people at the headwaters talk about 
it not stinking like it should. Mm-hmm. And salmon are cornerstone species. The trees depend on that um, marine-derived nutrients is what they call it. Um, for And it's not just the trees. It's songbirds, flowers, everything in that ecosystem of the headwaters depends on salmon returning and spawning. So um, we're, we just have a lot of concerns. Yeah, and that not only that, they're the, the fertilizing. Mm-hmm. They're, they're a real good fertilizer for the growing or growing plants. Chris, I'm going to um, no, uh, the only thing is that uh, uh, Boyd, Spencer, and Aaron are up at Saran um, <coughs> Camp. They had to go up there yesterday to clean up and uh, pick up the equipment that was left there. So um, they're not here today, uh-huh. so they're out there, but they'll be head- coming back. Um <coughs> Red salmon are still out there and, and they're still strong. Um, silvers. Um, is there any catches on them yet? I guess they've caught single digit numbers so far. They're just starting to show up. And and when when they start this early, usually they're going to be there's going to be a good strong run of them too. Yeah. But we never know. Yeah. You never know. Something something can happen. But but uh, I'm thinking positive because we we depend on silvers too for for uh, um, storages. Some people uh, uh, ferment them underground for the winter. Um, I know my dad used to when we had large stock team um, and we kept a lot of our, our backbones for them um, and throughout the winter uh, of course there was always blackfish pike 
taken and those that that are that dogs depend we we depended on dogs and dogs depended on our parents for for their for their uh, strength and survival so everything works out my matum nasini um makut kakiat akakatoy changta kakulang sini luting ukut อ่าอยู่เบรกจากระเรตานุกนักกาอ่านักจากระเรตึงปิลเรตอักกาปิงายุทธ์ขุดชีนิลุตึงอ่ามักุทวานิปิยากระเรตึงอ่ากักเกีย
maybe definite opener because of silvers that that are starting to show up, but that's hard to say it. It is hard to say, and e- the state and the feds both agree that this chum issue is a very big deal. You know, when you see, when you're used to seeing a thousand historically, and it's down to ten thousand or eleven thousand. I mean, a million in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, Reduced to eleven thousand. That's just shocking. And and they do the fishing game says well we tend to undercount chum. They don't really know why. They're when they look at the end of season numbers from weirs, the the what they're guessing for um, king and red passage and silver passage. They're in the ballpark, but for some reason chum is a little bit undercounted. But even if we said it was a hundred thousand, that would still be a concern. You know, mm-hmm. it's eleven thousand. So it that's a really big deal and I and the state is um agreeing with the schedule of, you know, protecting during the week and then having the drifting on Friday and the weekend set netting. Um so Chris? Yeah, and then <clears throat> and then also looking at uh, uh what will happen um after this. Uh Boyd was saying that um he will meet with uh, the fish commission um, in season man- managers and uh, decide on what next step to take. So uh, we will find out after they meet. Um, you know when when they'll meet, Mary? Yeah, July twentieth. Um, it's a Tuesday, so a couple days after. You know. Um, to plan on, you know, hopefully um, announcing something for Friday mm-hmm. or or what, whatever they decide. I don't want to presume yeah. or guess what they're going to do, but that they're meeting for sure um, on the twentieth. Okay, and that will that will the determination of what's to be happening will be decided then. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's be hopeful that uh, what what was being set about the set nets and keep our fingers crossed yes. for for those people that yeah. that use set nets um me i prefer drifting there's more action a little bit more work but i have always found that to be fun you know mm-hmm. fun in a way mm-hmm. but uh, going going after subsistence food is is never fun it is it never is um because there's there's some good good time in it and then there's some seriousness mm-hmm. of it depending on who's out there um what your competition is who's fishing in your area. If it's another person that is used to that one spot where you're fishing, then it becomes a competition. Well, um, and set net sites are few and far between, and people are very covetous of their spot. Yeah, mm-hmm. yes. It, it's it's always, when, when, when I grew, when I was growing up, as a child, my I used to go with my dad, and we used to go on dock teams. And of course, I'd be in the sled, and he'd be right behind me, uh, mushing the docks, pushing them, and then he'd be talking to me too. And when we passed by a certain spot, he would say, "Bimatin." 
the owner of of a certain person where he's the guys that own like like they own it and other people that trap and fish have great respect for that one one spot because it's 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 his yeah. you know and 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 uh right before my dad passed away he has one this certain one certain spot where he puts his black wrist trap every year and uh i used to hear other people uh my dad's spot for black wrist so there there are places that are like that like yes certain places where people do their set nets and and it's respected by other people and it's sad to say now that that is beginning to disappear yeah uh, um like our rules not everybody knows them mm-hmm. and you know i last summer i was drifting for silvers over by schwalbe and i would it had never happened before somebody got really really close and i think they were it was somebody you know learning how to mm-hmm. how to do it but it was really shocking you know because we're just used to so much elbow room yeah yeah um, and the other issue, I think, is like, you know, where my mom's grandparents used to have their fish camp or live year-round at the mouth of the Guique. I know who I'm learning more of my relatives by seeing who's around Ooh, there. Yeah. And there are many descendants. And so we all we all fish around there. Um, my mom has a lot of brothers and sisters, and they all have a number, you know... <clears throat> a good number of kids and all their kids have a good number of grandkids so it's just um even within families it's you know a lot of pressure on that one place mm. yes yeah. and and that that uh i've always in the past when in during commercial fishing that was the area where i used to do my commercial fishing late late like silver silver's time silver silver season that was that was one of the hot spots that that I know of. Do you remember seeing my dad's tender up there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, of Just course checking. I do. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, I know that uh, right by we we call it Pungok, Pungok uh, right there, that bluff, um, right right below it. Those on the either either sides of the river of the river bank is is used to be and i believe it still is is was was is always good um and then now that now that we don't do any commercial fishing anymore i i hardly ever go up there i in fact all summer mm-hmm. i haven't been up there only to guik mouth of guik uh, right there I've tried a couple of times well maybe for silvers you can go and yeah, nostalgic yeah, up there yeah, yeah. T- have a cup of coffee while mm-hmm. drifting mm-hmm. and just memory just mm-hmm. for memory bring a stale bologna sandwich for yeah. the end <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> Krista you got anything anything <clears throat> to well yeah um earlier uh, last month in in June, um, when we had uh, a couple of drift openers at uh, the 
after, right after the second drift opener, my wife told me that uh, we ought to wait for uh, silver. So, hope, uh, hope I'm, I'm just hoping that uh, the silver run mm-hmm. it will be enough. Um, so, so we held back from uh, fishing any further um, through the rest of the summer. So. <clears throat> we're waiting on silver and then um, uh, talking to my son he's um, uh, fishing in uh, Nusagak and he told me that this morning that uh, the run the fishing has gotten very slow in uh, Nusagak uh, mm, today yeah, it's so, time yeah it's getting there the the, the dwindling of the, the last of yeah. the runs and it will happen here but silvers are they're, they're, they're coming too so I'm looking forward to silvers, I like silvers um, we we are pretty, my wife and I are pretty much done done with done, done with our, our, our harvest of, of the reds and, and uh not not very much chinook, not very much chum, but we have plenty of red. We filled up our smokehouse and we pulled we pulled already um, the first of our catches and divided divided our 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 cats our catches with with my my two sisters that were here earlier so they're getting their share hopefully they've got it already because my my wife sipped them out already so and and ours are going to be stored in the freezers for the winter i've already started eating them and um, as soon as even even before some of them are ready i start nibbling cutting off ends and mm-hmm. i love that i did that since i was a kid and i never outgrew it we had gamachluk and it was delicious from reds mm. and we took a number of ours off the rack on maybe thursday night or friday i think i did it friday because i just thought these are not going to dry these mm-hmm. have to be gum so that's good and then saturday i think i took them, no sunday i took them all down and i was ready to be done with like i just felt like i'd had such an intimate relationship with <clears throat> these fish for nine days and we were very fortunate because we put a smokehouse in our backyard here in bethel so we had an extension cord to four fans that were going 24 mm-hmm. hours a day and that's really the only thing that helped us salvage our fish this summer and you know i even had to turn them back over on thursday or friday to the skin side out because they were rubbery under the tail um from being like that all week and so just extra steps this year because of that rain but i'm thankful that um i think they were all i think they're all good yeah on even even my wife and uh, one of one of her niece came in, and that the the last openers catches the catch. Um, they basically did strips because of, of the weather, uh, hoping that uh, they won't go shower. And I was worried. I, yeah, I was worried, and I kept my smokehouse going late into the night, start early. And then smoke them all day long, 
and yeah. the ones that were in the smokehouse. <clears throat> and thank God, uh, yeah, they they turned out okay. Uh, and the ones that as soon as that that first sunny day that we had, Saturday, as soon as thank God, as soon as they had that that look of of a little dryness on the outside, I went ahead and brought them into the smokehouse and started curing uh, and and let let the smoke and and a very slow slow fire low it's barely burning mm-hmm. uh, um, heat heat up the, the smokehouse to dry help dry up the fish and it worked it worked out um, and hopefully uh, I'm happy with my share, with with my wife and I share, and I hope my sisters. I know they are, and yeah, they they my uh, our baby. I I have asked for them to be looking out for a garage sale for a dome tent, yeah. and they found one. Uh, it's being shipped now. So, and I asked how much, and they never answered. They said, <laughs> it's it's yours. So. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> nice. How did your fish turn out, Christopher? Well, well the the fish we caught last month, um, we didn't hang them. We all cut them up and uh, put them into our freezer. So, so Good. I mean, we didn't we didn't cast that many, but uh, they'll they yeah. keep us going for the winter. But uh, we're, like I said earlier, we're waiting on uh, silver to run. Um. You know, last summer we had that beautiful stretch of two weeks of sun, and I actually mm. made dry fish out of silvers. It was my first time trying, and yeah. um, I did a lot in my garage and in another room of drying them because of the flies and humidity. But um, they actually turned out okay. I did 50 silvers as dry fish, so it, uh, it can be done if we have a good mm-hmm. stretch of sun. And and keep and watch them, mm-hmm. you know, keep cleaning them. <laughs> yeah. uh, mag, maggot, maggot free. Every day, um, mm-hmm. we we do we do we do what they call one day out, one day smoke, and then we can them, pressure cook them uh, mm-hmm. with silvers, and then we make sulunaks. And yes, we 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 do dry fish, but not that much. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was just the way it worked out last summer. I was gonna. I started out with the thought of kipper. But it got so wonderfully hot and sunny, it, they just turned into dry fish, which was a, <laughs> wonderful because we didn't we didn't really have enough from from reds and chums. Yeah, last summer. So yeah, and good. my my mom, my parents used to do silvers, and I've always used to it. When I eat silver, dried silver, it always reminded me of the white dry fishing at home and maybe that's why I like them so much like because white I, fish? Yeah, yeah I grew up eating white fish mm-hmm. and that's what it reminds me of when I eat them so yeah Agolmute people are mm. heavy they have a large diet of white fish yeah, yeah. we do <coughs> growing up that's what we ate lunchtime <laughs> white fish <laughs> Ev- basically every day but Supper was uh, something different. 
always something different. Well, and my good friend Anna Hoffman eats a lot of dried white fish for lunch too. She, mm. Dry fish is seems like her daily lunch. Um, the one thing I was going to say about um, folks, you know, finding solutions this summer. I saw a number of people put wood stoves in their smokehouse. That's what. Yeah, that's what I heard. Even even my one of my uncles. Uh, told me that that's what he did and he said they tried him out he wasn't he said that he's going to do it next year again so it must have really worked okay yeah that's our plan for next summer too (coughs) since we haven't had any callers uh, reminding people out there are the lines are open uh 543-5985, 543-2756, 543 1-800-995-8954. are open for any caller. If you have any questions, uh, I know that every everybody is um, at probably at the tail ends of... of, of uh, uh, the fishing and and I know that uh, this fr- tomorrow's opener I'm going to be going after two freeze um, some reds and and I'm going to ask if 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 my younger brother in Kasigilok is going to be wanting some maybe he 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 lives alone so maybe maybe ten fish at the most. Uh, if he wants it, um, but we'll we'll maybe put away like twenty twenty froze to freeze, and we have some chinook already frozen for the winter. Um, my other concern uh, that I wanted to bring up uh, today for you too is Yukon, and I know that there was some talk of something happening from here in the Kaskokwim and being shipped and AVCP was... So Vivian took the lead on getting a hold of Ragnar Alstrom from Quickpock. I don't say... I know I don't say it right, but, um, you know, they were talking about maybe sending a tender over for tomorrow, but I think they have... There was not follow-up on that from the Yukon side, and I think it's because um, what is being offered from Bristol Bay is, I think, already processed fish. Like, Mm. it's vacuum-sealed and frozen. So I think the quality issue um, and logistics, um, I think it's easier working through Bristol Bay Mm -hmm. than sending a tender. And they may not have had the crew, or I'm I'm not sure um, what exactly happened, but... um, Vivian just hasn't heard back yet on it, so it's, it just may not have been a workable solution. Uh-huh. Not well, yeah. not for this year. Yeah, but but there's you know who knows is what's going to happen next year. Chris, do you have anything? <coughs> um, I remember who was it? Uh, uh, um, who's that guy from uh, Tint? Uh, Adolf. Adolf. Loopy. Yeah. Yeah, he mentioned. Uh, Coastal Village Region Fund, um, and if uh, somehow they can be helpful in that area too, 
um, for it may not happen this year, but uh, it certainly will be helpful if they think about it for next year. Uh, I mean, they have um, they have boats, they have uh, tenders that can sail out there in the, the Bering Sea. So, um, so I thought that was a a, a great idea that uh, Adolf came up with. Yeah. yeah, I hear. I hear they have a ship out there too, out out in the Bering Sea. Do they processing? They, yes, do. they do. Yeah, I've heard of that, and I and, and I know I know they're still out there because the yeah. name is still <coughs> floating around in Bethel. You know, I hear through KYUK six forty, <laughs> and and uh, is is being the the word the word of the day is being oh, yeah well and CVRF goes to Oscarville um, fifty nautical miles in so um, all the way up to Oscarville are members and I'm still in the process of reaching out to the folks at CVRF I've lost track of who th- who the contact people are there so I and I need to follow up um, on R- Adolf's suggestion from Monday but. Um, yeah, I, I guess a lot of us know the the, the villages that the the CVRF service have uh, lost contact with who is the right person to get a hold of. So, and and um, another question that 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 was lingering in my the back of my head was the commercial fishing that has happened yeah. down in the bay uh Kaskakwim bay going good news do we have any news of that um, i saw an announcement where they were announcing it and it's just for the people that are part of this co-op the few fishermen and you have to sign up beforehand for the tender to receive your fish or the processing folks to receive your fish so it's a very kind of closed um situation um and i know there is concern about that um because some people on the kuskokum feel like kuskokum fish go through there so that you know it people are scratching their heads about the disconnect mm-hmm. there, and then on yesterday, um, the working group did support the department's um, management decision to have a catcher seller dip net for reds permit, and it's a kind of a new license. And Fran Rich was on uh, six forty a.m. yesterday mm-hmm. on Coffee mm-hmm. Talk talking about that, and I enjoyed listening to that interview with him. Um, so. Fran is the one catcher seller, um, and I think that there, it's valuable to have at least one person because I, I notice they're for sale at AC, and there's people around town who appreciate having somebody to get them from. And um, but you know, I don't. I know Jackie Cleveland, who's the commissioner um, from Quinnahawk, has a lot of. Um, things that she could share about Quinnahawk. I just don't know enough about it right now to speak on it intelligently. Mm. Chris? Yeah, commercial fishing and, and good news. You have anything on good news? Yeah. I have no good news. <laughs> yeah, no good news, yeah. Well, you know, it's it's it was kind of lingering around in my head because because uh, I know for a fact that those some of those fish that are being caught 
in in Kunahak Bay um, because it's it's right there. It's open, uh, and the river is right there. By you know, on on the way, and the channel isn't very far. When 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 that tender is anchored out, we can see it, uh, and and. When they were tagging uh, tag collars on 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 chums, that one those couple of years, I caught one there, <coughs> and and it was one of the fish that was bound for Kuskokwim. So I know for a fact that that some fish are headed this way, uh, and and probably even further Yukon. Uh, Okay, we have a caller, Stephen Alexi from Napaskiak. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Stephen Alexi Napaskiak. Yeah, I'd like to thank you guys for hosting this on a weekly basis. I was able to meet my uh, quota last opener. Um, all Brits, but one chum last opening. One chum and one king. Majority of the kings have passed. We are now in uh, chum season, and I do believe they are returning at their lowest ever. I have to ask if the fishing state of Alaska fishing games included in this uh, talk show. No, no. They're not here today, but they're always invited. I think they were short-staffed today. Yeah, just wanted to see, or wanted to ask, or if you guys can pass it on to them, you know, if Area M is open this year, because I noticed that uh, chum price is pretty high this year, higher than ever before. Um, when I grew up fishing, they were always between five cents to thirty-five cents a pound. Never that high. So if Area M is open for chum fishing, I think they're the cause of the low returns because uh, I started commercial fishing with my uncles at a young age too, maybe 10 years old. And there was a point in time when uh, chums didn't return also. And Area M was the cause. They were intercepting the fish that was gonna pass to either Kaskukum, Yukon or the Norton Sound area. And we live in this day and age where technology is widely available. Um, if the uh, Bristol Bay fishers can determine what fish is returning to where, and they're able to say 1% to 2% is coming to the Cuscoquim, why can't the Cuscoquim area, Yukon area, and Norton Sound area do DNA tests on these fish to determine uh, the sex of the fish, how much is going to return, because on a yearly basis, Bristol Bay is able to forecast that there are going to be millions of sockeye returning to their area. We should be able to do that here um, in this day and technology. And uh, the last thing I need to do for tomorrow opener is just get enough fish to jar. So thank you. I'll hang up and listen. Good afternoon. Bye. Mm-hmm. 
Any of you? Yeah, uh, I really appreciate Stephen calling in. Um, and I, you know, I think it's worthwhile for us to spend for the Fish Commission to look at what's going on at AREM and see what, you know, they're publishing for what their um, what their catches are and things like that. But I um, would be surprised if it was 100% Area M because there's such a dramatic decline on both the Yukon and Kuskokwim. And even, you know, I remember those, you know, when commercial fishermen were up in arms about um, area M, and I remember hearing my dad ranting about it. You know, we can't afford to dress our kids up and go lobby Congress, you mm. know, or the state of Alaska. We can't afford to fly to these places to get our side heard. But um, even, you know, that that was back in the day. Like, I remember in 1979 being worried that our little wooden boat was going to swamp because it was just up to mm-hmm. the um, gunnels in Chums and worrying that somebody's wake was going to swamp our boat. Um, you'd ne- even though I was six, I cannot forget that, you know, and I remember the part of the river, you, you know, where I was really worrying that it was too rough. And, and then this summer, so far, um, my father-in-law's boat has caught 205 salmon altogether. Three were chums. So the, our boat's ratio was 202 to three, which is, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't. I don't know if it's possible for Area M to catch that many. So maybe, and, you know, Barb Carlson, who's also on the state's working group, has said it's scary. Um, so we, and, and I think that Stephen Alexi's right. Um, some, we have to be finding funding and trying to figure out a way to get more data on those fish. Um, and then forecasting Bristol Bay, they have um, top of the field scientists working in Bristol Bay because it's the most prestigious mm-hmm. fishery in the, in the world and commercial fishery. I think the Kuskokwim is the exact opposite. We are, even though we're the largest river in the United States at least that has not been altered by um, you know a dam or a bridge or anything and we have the most dependence on salmon probably in the world for subsistence you know that's not commercial so it's not going to get the same kind of attention so our forecast is it can be off by as much as a hundred thousand for a run of a hundred thousand or hundred and fifty thousand um, and one of the things on the Cuscoquim is for Western science, they say it's quote-unquote data poor. They don't have as much data as they wish they did. But what we lack in Western science, we still have in traditional knowledge. You know, probably not to the same extent your dad had, mm-hmm. Sam, but we still have a, a very good, healthy portion of uh, traditional knowledge in people like James Nikarai mm-hmm. and Robert Lacander and others that we actually do rely on in season. Over the years, we have relied on that, including this season with Kings. His prediction about, and his, he he watched the geese come in. There was a gap. That same gap happened with Chinooks this year. Mm-hmm. And the second push was bigger than the first half. So, and that correlated perfectly as well. So, um we don't have the Western science that we need. Um, the Fish Commission is always trying to find where could we do the best, you know, effort on science. Um, right now, one of the things they do is the Takatna Weir. Um, another thing that the Fish Commission works on is the community-based harvest monitoring, surveying, because I think our fishermen are the best test fish we have. Mm-hmm. But 
any, I'll stop there. Thank okay. you. Okay. Yeah, and we have another caller from here in Bethel. Good afternoon. Hi. 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 I'd like to thank you guys for being on the radio and um, to Stephen too made me want to call. But anyway, um, it's because we're fighting about the fish that they don't fight it over there in Bristol Bay. And we were told by the elders not to talk about it too much. And we know it. You know? Um, they used to say whatever comes not to talk about it too much except what we have even this COVID we were told before that it will come and we know it and you know it most most you pigs know about it so for right now I'm grateful for the fish we get and then we have to take care of them good Guyana Awesome. I, c- I can't say it better than she did. Rihanna. Chris? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, she is right. I, I used to hear that from my dad a long time ago. Long, you know, I mean, he used to hear from his grandparents. That's like about, I don't know, five, six hundred years ago. Uh, and that, that the same same wisdom that that we keep hearing today to not bicker over any uh, species otherwise they'll be gone and so at one point um, <clears throat> my oldest brother was telling us a story when there used to be a reindeer out in uh, Nelson Island and they were out there um, alongside the, the Kalvinak River and they were <clears throat> when he walked out from the south house um, and then there were these reindeers that were walking by their their south houses and then and then um, <clears throat> you know people started fighting over that it belonged that the, the animals belonged to them and and um, bickering over things like that, and then soon they were gone. Um, so that you know, it's it's not it the Yupik people. It's the 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 word of wisdom within the Yupik country here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard I've heard about that too, uh, and that was the example that was exactly in my head was the reindeer. The herd of the reindeer that were uh, uh, planted from from the from the Norwegians, um, and their numbers grew, and people started owning that. Uh, there were there were claims by people, and bickering started. Everybody started saying it's it's mine. And that that is to me part of pride, 
part of selfishness. And when we when we begin to look at that and study it, and for for those of us that have gone gone into uh, seminary school in in. in in, in at at our churches, uh, those our our Creator despises haughty people, um, and he's he's gonna do away with whatever we fight over. I mean, he they'll start dwindling and disappearing, and reindeer was a very it it was its history. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really happened, um, and we're we're starting to see that with Chinook, even though they're coming back a little bit now, but very very slow. Now it's chums, because in my in my mind in in my head, I I started hearing of this chumming, and and um, and I started asking questions about it and I found out what was happening uh, out in uh, the illusion chains uh, what what chumming was what they were doing um, and it's no secret you know people st- as soon as I mention that I know a lot a lot of the people out there know what I'm talking about yeah. chum chucking chum chucking how I heard it yeah and advertised and positions mm-hmm. for chum chuckers and and we I, I heard it as chumming chum chucking is, is the right word for it yeah well uh, you know and I'm glad um, I don't know you know I know this is public radio and you know but this is Yupik country and we're spiritual people. Mm-hmm. But I do believe blessed are the peacemakers. Yes. And, you know, I, around this table, I think, Christopher, you're Catholic and you're Moravian, Moravian and I'm yes. Russian Orthodox. And um, that has been a help for me, you know, during this larger conversation about salmon and, you know, how much conflict it, there has been about it. And maybe 2014, there was a priest from Nepas who was um, officiating at St. Sophia's and it was such a relief to hear his sermon about God will provide. We may not have one species, but there's abundance in other species like moose and mm-hmm. migratory birds, and we will not starve. And just hearing those things, you know, and that's th- those words are some of the words. And, and having an attitude of abundance, even if you are concerned about food security, um, you know, just talking to yourself and talking with others about peacemaking. Mm-hmm. That's I think that's what it's all about not and just in fish and everything yeah and and if, if when we're doing talk fish talk here and and look look at what we were tar- targeting in the beginning was Chinook and we no one's mentioned we're gonna go after chum no nobody nobody said that we were going after kings and then look look what showed up Reds mm-hmm. in abundance, mm-hmm. and, and and every and I hope everyone out there that have uh, had the privilege of going out and and doing the harvest did meet their 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 goal and and uh, you know 
and I know and, and I know I did I filled up I filled up my smokehouse with reds five chums maybe at the most um and Chinook not I can't really say may I'd say about maybe close to 50 50 Chinook I'd say right right around there um and and I'm happy with 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 what I went after I really didn't get There, there was something else out there that that was just as good, mm-hmm. just as good. Mm-hmm. Maybe better by yeah. some people's <laughs> opinion. <laughs> I remember. Um, uh, I think after the second opener that uh, Robert Lecander mentioned that he was concerned about the the, the number of sums, and he said that early on, uh, you know, even before. Um, the 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 reports from the fish harvest or sonar or Bethel test fish uh, provided that information, and he already knew uh, beforehand, and he he just simply said that he is concerned. So, you know, I was thinking about that, and I. I wondered how does he know, but then now it it's, it's late in July. Well, it's about the middle of July now that we are seeing that the some numbers are running very low, and what he and his concern came out to be true. And hmm. That's amazing. We have a caller, Anonymous. Uh, good afternoon. Good afternoon. I have a question about your show. You guys show when it airs every week. E? Uh, why does it fade or get quiet every time the show comes on? And then throughout the day, once the show's over, even beforehand, it's loud and clear. Even birthday calling loud and clear so right now there's no signal I'm not hearing the show it happens every week just wondering why that you mean volume wise yep I'm not sure uh, only, but only, only happens during your show even once this your show is done it'll be real loud again so huh. right now I got no no sound yeah, um, it might it might have to do with uh, uh, our mics or how they are set up. Um, but I mean, it fades really low, and um, I hope management's not undermining your show on purpose. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I was going to blame the Russians or the Chinese or you know, whoever. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you told us because Grady Deaton came running into that little sound room to try to figure it out. And I noticed, you know, a few, uh, beginning of the summer, all the local stuff was very, very faint. No, NPR stuff was very, very faint, but local stuff was loud and clear. I was wondering if it's our, do you think it's our microphones? Are we not sitting close enough to the mics? Who, me? Yeah. No, oh, I'm, not, I'm not sure about really tell because I'm not there personally, but... Okay. Uh, <laughs> 
I mean, birthday call and having cells clear, even that MTV guy show is always really loud. Yeah, that's my favorite except, show. <laughs> yeah, except for this show. Every week it's been happening since the beginning. I always fades in only during this certain certain time. I was wondering if it's just uh, on your guys' end or is it just... Uh, it, I think it might be just us. Uh, maybe we're talking too far from our mic sometimes. Well, I've heard it replay at night, and I can hear it fine. Yeah, when it replays, it's loud. It's just, you know, the signal's turn. I've got no signal right now. I have, like, a signal light on my radio, and I don't hear nothing right now, so... Oh, no no wonder we're not getting any calls from you. Yeah, thank you for telling, letting us know. It happens every week, so even those McGeckern morning shows happens as well when they do their show. It always fades in and I can barely hear it. And it's not my radio. So guys might want to look into that. Yeah, we we got a technician here at uh, KYUK. Uh, we'll, we'll let him know. Yeah, during the beginning it was fine and then... Uh, lost the signal on my end, so. All right, guys, well, I would, I would chime in and put in my two cents, but I don't know what you guys are talking about this week. <laughs> mm-hmm. All the same stuff as before. Okay. <laughs> well, okay, I'll see how it goes once I hang it and turn it on, see if it's still on or not. Have a nice day, guys. Yeah. Um, I really don't know how to to well none of us work at kyuk no no yeah ultimately this is somebody else's issue so hopefully the dean or uh grady can help us out here yes um but we only have um we only have about 30 30 more minutes left uh, on on our time and the the concerns that that we have i know <coughs> i know that uh in bristol bay that area and and the changed out uh, the area m fisheries are are on their closing at they're, they're on their tail ends and we will see what happens after 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 they're done. Um, I know, I know that uh, when they're out of the water, the fish that they don't fish for are are here, and that's silvers, and they they've always been strong, and already. Our testers here have already harvested uh, maybe like three or four already. So <coughs> I'm, I'm pretty confident that it's going to be a good run. And Chris, I'm really hoping that, that you will get, get your quota for, for the Silvers this year. Yeah, we had that uh, southerly flow uh, weather for about, I don't know, uh, a week and a half. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I would 
I was uh, pretty hopeful that um, the some runs would uh, increase from that uh, southern uh, flow of weather that we had, um, but um, but instead uh, the red uh, red reds are running um, pretty strong and. Uh, looking at the data that uh, is being provided by ADF and Z, um, you know, um, it seems like I'm not. I, I don't know it, but I, it looks like they'll uh, some. I mean, uh, some part of the <laughs> the scale there or something like it happened about a couple of years ago. I don't remember what year it was. Um, I think that was in. 14, I think, was a really yeah. large run, which mm. was also good because we were out of mm-hmm. Kings that year, too. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at the Fish and Game um, information that they published about silvers, and they said the Bethel Test Fish daily catch per unit effort on the 14th was 2 and so their cumulative catch per unit effort is now three. Um, they're in the top two percent because it's. I guess this is kind of early. Um, they said one percent of the run is complete based on historical average run timing, and between um, other weird statistical things, zero um, percent to one percent of the run is expected to pass Bethel in the next five days. So it's very, very early, but I think mm-hmm. you're right, Sam. I think it's a good omen that they are early. Yes. And they're seeing them. And and to according to my late father, that's a good sign. That mm-hmm. is a good sign. When he when he's caught silvers while commercial fishing and I never knew that I never knew the difference on the fish, but as soon as he picked it up, he said, uh, "Wow, aki aki," you know. And I, I look at it; it still looked like ordinary fish to me. I still can't tell the difference between kings and silvers because they both have the black spots, and I don't know the difference between the gillrakers. I mean, the size, obviously. Mm-hmm. But now our kings are coming back about silver-sized. But um, and now we still have kings in the river, and when they were early, I would just think they're late-running kings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sil- silvers are, you know, at at their tail, they have like like the chums, they have these silver streaks. Oh, okay. Silver, all right, right Metallic. on the tail. Yeah, and it's yeah, real, looks real wider. nice. Mm-hmm. And a wider, wider tail. tail. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, D- little discrete differences. Yeah, and and my dad, my my late father used used to keep his eye out for them when we were fishing for chums, and if he caught one early, then he would know that that uh, that the silvers are going to be abundant, and it's been his predicts predictions have always been true uh we we have a caller Stephen alexi good afternoon yeah returning uh maybe explanation for that guy that's not hearing um it might be the curvature of the earth and we're at the highest point of the day right now and wherever he's at maybe they're you know kind of low low lying now so that might be the explanation. But I looked into the Alaska Peninsula in season, that's area M. 
commercial harvest to date for chum nearly one million fish chum that have they harvested so far yeah so, so that might be the answer to that um you know for chum low chum return um just just to give you guys that i'm not sure if i have the right information but it's from adfng uh area m site alaska peninsula so as of july 13 tuesday the harvests for commercially is nine hundred thousand eight hundred eight eight thousand six hundred thirty five cumulatively caught by them okay good afternoon bye yes i've always had i always have had that feeling that they were taken somewhere and then i've never wanted to say area m and and uh but area m i know is not a river it it is just a passageway and those fish that they are harvesting are bound for some river in the bering sea um it might be for here it might be for the yukon uh you know and further on up um it's it's they they we, they have the data uh they they the numbers that they're taking are right there um and that that million versus my five five chum that i caught is explained right there oh um Houston Michigan oh yeah you anonymous when when you want to remain anonymous um does he mean that word anonymous well i think that it's an anonymous person emailed in and they would like you pick translation for the stuff we're talking about oh this has been very english dominant well, today. well yeah you know it it, it kind of yeah. i'm i'm sorry to but uh it's 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 just <laughs> us it yep. seems like that we're talking right now and 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 now uh, we we have hardly any calls and even chris but um Kaya <laughs> Reds, 
I was happy to hear Stephen Alexi say he met his quota and he's going for jarred fish now. That's a huge relief. That's, you know... Um, but I do know there are some people out there who um, weren't able to salvage their catches and they're having to start over. So, you know, God bless those people. I hope the weather hangs in there or gets, you know, is good enough for them to um, get their second batch done. Yeah, if, even even in Bristol Bay area, like in Tokyo, when my wife went back for the funeral, um, she was telling me that... Um, People, people lost their fish even in that area due due to the weather, uh, the wet climate, uh, and they're re 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 harvesting um, to to store away to put away for the winter, and and this past weeks it's been beautiful out there. The sun came back and and it it. Kind of brought brought sunshine into my heart, you know. Um, thinking back, how how beautiful this spring was. Uh, the sun was out just about every day, and it was hot. And across at fish camp, I kept my door open during the day. 
uh, and and this past few days, past week, that's what's been happening. Uh, my door is open. Um, it's a, it, I mean, it's, it's a great, great time to to replenish. Kwanikutali, uh, another caller, anonymous. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Yeah. What do you guys do to help you help our people YK Delta? Koyana bye. Well, um yeah, that's a tough one. Um like one example, like Greg Kim told a little story. Um, it was part of his story on today's news. Somebody called and um, their fish camp burned down, their smokehouse burned down. Um, the Fish Commission put them in touch with Bethel Sonar, who were able to um, give them 49 fish. I know that's not the same as the river being open and people being able to fish for themselves, but you know we were able to put them in touch with the right people and help them find a solution. But yeah, no, that's a fair enough question. And um, I personally have tried to work my whole life to help other people, and sometimes it doesn't work out, and sometimes it does. Mm-hmm. It's basically the same with me too. Um, it's basically, basically, basically family uh, that that I worry about because I have I have a brother, older brother that had a severe stroke uh he is unable to do subsistence for himself uh so i might have to do some for him uh if not the late runs of the reds maybe with silvers uh i i we did that with with my two sisters, and and I know that uh, my wife is will will share some of our our share with with her family in Bristol Bay. Akuna um, it's kind kind of a broad question, kind of not related. The way I heard it was more of an accusation, like you know. Um, it's not helping anybody to try to manage basically a closed river. And, Hmm. you know, that's fair. That's fair. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, when we're all worried about our own freezers and our own food security, that is the focus. And it doesn't, you know, it doesn't make any sense to have closures. But unfortunately, you know, we're trying to think of years down the road and, my big thing is, you know, my dad came from the North Platte River in Nebraska, and fishing to him was very different than it is for those of us here, because um, on that river, it was illegal to even own a gillnet, and you couldn't even own it. Um, and there were no salmon in that river. There hadn't been forever. And if you look around r- rivers of the world, they're without salmon because of human behavior. So I'm hoping that never happens here that we can in Alaska be the exception and for decades we were and now we're not now we're going the same way the same direction all the other rivers have gone worldwide so 
um, I understand the question. I understand where that anger comes from. And, um, you know, I understand. Chris? Yeah, well, it, that that question is a, a pretty hard one to an- answer, but it's pretty broad to me. Um, I know that a lot of people have been trying to be helpful in many ways in, in a, whether it be in a political sector uh, public sector or anywhere um, but the things that people try to do to be helpful are are are, are I mean that, that they're sort but and they they're not satisfiable to others, and that and no matter how we do or try to help others, is is there will always be criticism that mm-hmm. comes from mm-hmm. from other people. You shouldn't you shouldn't just move me. But I'm a pity. I shouldn't conquer. อ่ามากูนนักนักอุนางนักเขตตึงิดนนคุยงาตาริงเสียสนริจักกะกะตะความอุกุกกะวายกันกันสักนี่อ่าไกลซึนคุยตุกะกะลอบคุยตุกะก
<laughs> no, that's a really tough question. And I think I, you know, we all ask ourselves that every day, you know, what are we doing to help? And one person isn't going to solve all the problems in the world. It has to be everyone working together on a million different things every day, you know. Um, but one thing I do know is no one else from outside this region is going to come and save us. We have to save ourselves. And we have to be honest about the fishery. I mean, people question the fish numbers. And I just think about it from my own experience, you know, from going to a sw- near concern about your boat swamping loaded with fish to, th- to three chums this summer in, in one lifetime. Um, of a, you know, not old person. So, um, or, you know, the kings, they're, they're one third as big as they used to be. We know, we know, fishermen know, uh, fish cutters know this is not the same healthy river that we grew up with it being. And no one's coming to save us. It's on us. <coughs> yes. And, and how... How are we as people of the Kaskokum River dealing with it? Kwangkuta. Kwangkuta kaisun ikayutsta. Matumtunginun. Um. Chapnaks, chapnakokhaukum kiuska. Huingastoi kiustigata kaukuna. Kaisun toi. Piluta Hwankuta Pikatas put Unakwani Taimak put Hwanik Ituksit Kata Nachtlinik Taim Aipagnisu Akut Kankan Palarut Kurasputa Ach Ach Ilait Pitluki Aguna Awai area Emak Eromal Eromal Rarituta, a Makutun, a Yvrigaluki, a online Pilrani, a Nasu Nerutstut, a Kumawai, Stephen Alexi, and General Rim, a Chuck Makan Yvrigaluki, a good na good day Trushit Gangit a area emma mikanani awayapduhai million tkisuku a manitoi chat downating tagum kuya naksuni makut sayit miku miku huluting mai a tamakuchat pin rilling rata kangit nritkit nritling rata makut a sayit Tarawut, um, Akastoin Hakamashui. I'm satisfied with with the red dried salmon. Um, some of the other things, uh, the other factors that we have to also think about that are, um, con- contributing to the, the decline of the fish, not only the fish, but others, other land species and resources that we used to enjoy a long time ago has to do, has also to do with uh, the climate change. I do remember um, my dad and the others before him um, talking about there will be a time when one part of the world 
will be always cold and 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 experiences winter and it'll at one point in time become a summer time region where that and it and vice versa with that that region that is always or that geographical region part of the the world is always um summer will turn into winter and and that's how they used to that's the those are some of the predictions that came from our ancestors and that knowledge has passed on to our our great great grandfathers great grandfather grandfather my father uh, to to us today and and I'm sure um mm-hmm. like you, you probably heard about that yeah. so um you know that we I guess we 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 shouldn't point at other one, only one area or one thing that it may be causing our fish to be declining but we must also be thinking of other factors that are contributing to the decline of the fish mm-hmm. and what mary mentioned mentioned earlier about about the, the uh, at the headwaters where our fish spawn and after they spawn they that's where their life ends and they they become fertilizers and there is concern about that too um and Mary I'll have your your closing remark okay. yeah tomorrow's fishing um uh, July 16th, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., drifting 6-inch or smaller, um, above the Johnson, 150 feet long, or half shackle below the Johnson, uh, full shackle or 300 feet long, 45 meshes deep. Um, then there's 48 hours of set netting from 12.01 on the 17th until 11.59 p.m. on the 18th, mm-hmm. 100-foot um, Six inch mesh or less, less, 45 meshes deep. And good luck to everyone. Um, I hope you all catch your quota and are helping by sharing your catches with uh, family and community. Rihanna. Mm-hmm. And elders. I, I always remember elders. Um, I'm getting there. Uh, my hair is turning white. I'm losing my teeth. And uh, my back is starting to awe a little bit. Uh, but I'm still kicking. I'm still happy. Um, to all you callers that, that have called in and, and put in your remarks uh, to the talk show, uh, Chris, you have. Yeah, for hosting this uh, talk show. I believe it has been a, 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 a very in- informative and very helpful show for the people of the the river here mm. um so i'm grateful for that and like our refuge manager bill or a boy have always been saying this i guess is the only best way to get the information out to the people so we thank you for that um so this i mean this could be our final uh, uh yeah maybe uh, here, Tukum, your your website can you throw that in your website at at the uh, um uh the, oh, the facebook page yes. uh facebook page uh, at 
Yukon Delta Refuge. All one word. Dot, dot com. Dot org. The web page I put the. Well, if you go to our Facebook page, uh, there's a link in our Facebook page that'll. If you click okay. on it, the, you, it'll take you directly to our web page. All right. Uh, and and Mary, thank you very much for being here. Chris, Guyana for all, all that uh, makes me, lifts me a little bit more and to be, be ready for the Thursday talk show. And to all you listeners, you are the people that we are here for you. And this is your talk show. That is your river. Those are your fish. And let's go get them tomorrow. Bihti. Fish Talk is back. Tune in for weekly updates on Kuskukum salmon fishing all summer long on Thursdays at 1 p.m. Again, that is Fish Talk Thursdays at 1 p.m.